I'm John Doberstein, Senior Editor at No-Till Farmer, and welcome to the latest edition of our 2018 No-Till Farmer podcast series. Today's program, Controlling Water to Reduce Risk and Push No-Till Profits, is sponsored by Yetter Manufacturing Company. I encourage you to subscribe to the series, which is currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. Subscribing will allow you to receive an alert about upcoming episodes when they're released. I'd like to take a moment to thank Yetter Manufacturing Company for sponsoring today's episode. With a tradition of providing farmers solutions since 1930, Yetter Manufacturing Company is your answer for tools and equipment to face today's production agriculture demands. From many different designs of planter attachments for the different planting conditions you face, to several options of equipment for placing fertilizer and products to meet harvest time challenges, Yetter delivers the return on investment in tools to meet your equipment needs and maximize inputs. Find solutions to your challenges today at yetterco.com. That's Y-E-T-T-E-R-C-O.com. In this edition of the No-Till Farmer podcast series, we share the story of grower Darren Grogan, who with his father Bobby and younger brother Brian no-tills 14,000 acres of corn, soybeans, and wheat near Arlington in southwestern Kentucky. In part one, Darren will share how no-till practices, strategic tiling, and irrigation has helped the family get control over drainage issues on their silty, rolling farm ground so they can avoid zero production situations and get three crops in two years on a bigger percentage of their farm. No-till has resulted in our area having what I would venture to say are some of the strongest capitalized farms in the country. In fact, no-till is one of the only reasons we have farming in the area at all. Our farm and the farms around us are made up of very hilly ground, truly ill-suited for farming. Livestock dominated the landscape here when I was young. There were some attempts made to farm the land over the years. Due to the tillage involved in the silty soil, however, so much topsoil washed away it nearly ruined those acres. The limited use and production potential resulted in relatively low land prices. When no-till came along, farmers were able to purchase land for cheap. With the topsoil held firmly in place, they could farm acres previously only good for pastures and get those acres to produce to levels never thought possible. Combine lowland costs with top yields and you get farmers with a higher percent of profitability than most. No-till isn't even a question here, it's just a fact. We've been no-tilling for 25 years and are moving on to other ways to make our farm more consistently productive. A prime focus for us is water management through a combination of tiling and irrigation. I farm with my father Bobby and my younger brother Brian. We combine our passions and expertise to keep pushing the farm forward. It's all about water management for us right now. Getting control over our water helps us farm more profitably and makes no-till work that much better. Combine our hilly ground with no-till and you quickly realize almost every field has bottomland that is slow to dry out and warm up in the spring. Tillage will dry it right out, but then you lose all your topsoil. The solution for us is drainage. About 20 years ago, we started installing drainage tile on our land, even going so far as to purchase the commercial tiling machine. Since then, we've laid three to four million feet of pattern tile drainage in our fields. Most of our tile is spaced at 30 to 40 feet. Spacing is important, but more important is knowing how much water you're trying to move over a 24 hour period. We're trying to move three eighths to one half inch of water per acre per 24 hours. To get that kind of drainage, you must design your mains accordingly. How many acres you attach to each main will determine the size of main needed to move water effectively. A small area may only require a 6 inch diameter main, while more acres may require a 12 inch main. It's important to get that right for the best results. 
Having well-drained ground has served us well. In the past, we had done some tillage on bottomlands so we could plant sooner, but we're now 100% no-till since we pattern-tiled those acres. It's also resulted in an expansion of wheat production. Having wheat in our rotation allows us to double up production on acres where it's planted as we double crop soybeans after the wheat. Wheat, however, does not like a lot of water. It needs water at certain points in its growth, but when it doesn't need water, it reacts poorly to having wet feet. Drainage made more of our acres suitable for raising wheat, allowing us to get three crops in two years on a larger percentage of our farm. Growing more wheat also helps us be better stewards of the soil. Its living roots help secure the soils in our hilly fields over the winter and adds more residue to continue holding the soil as we rotate to soybeans. If we only grew corn and soybeans, we would see a lot more surface erosion. We get 50 inches of rain per year in our area, making irrigation an uncommon practice, but we found it pays for us. We get plenty of water, but never exactly when we want it. There's too much when we don't want it and not enough when we do. As a result, we have a significant number of acres with both tile drainage and irrigation. We need to be able to get rid of water when we don't need it and add it when we do. When trying to wrap your head around having both systems in the field, it's important to understand how plants, water, and soils interact. Plants can only use water molecules that are attached to soil particles. They can't use the excess water that is puddling or saturating the soil. Too much water is only a detriment, not a positive. Tile drainage will only remove the unattached and unusable water from the field. The rest is retained by the soil for the crop to use later. When applying water through irrigation, tile would only remove water if we overapplied what the soil is capable of retaining. A lot of our moisture comes in the spring when we're trying to dry out the fields for planting or when the plant is too small to use a significant amount of water. But when July comes and the plant is capable of using up to a half inch of water per day, we're left to the whim of pop-up storms that may or may not hit our fields. Irrigation takes luck out of the equation and puts us in control of our water. We're able to greatly mitigate the risk of drought. We weren't the first to bring in irrigation, but we were the first to employ it on a large scale. We have 32 center pivots covering roughly 35% of our cropping acres, those most vulnerable to drought risk. That's a significant investment, but for me, cost as a capital investment never really comes into play. It's all about return. It doesn't matter what you spend on tile or a center pivot or anything else if you're able to get a return from the investment. In 2008 and 2009, when crop prices were high, we were getting around 15% return with irrigation, allowing us to put on water and nutrients as needed. However, in 2012, when we had a major drought, our irrigated acres produced 260 bushel corn, while those that didn't have irrigation produced only 60 bushels per acre. It doesn't take many acres for a system to pay for itself in one year in those conditions. It doesn't take many acres for a system to pay for itself in one year in those conditions. The same is true for drainage. If a crop drowns out early, it's the difference between zero production and full production. If I had to choose between drainage and irrigation, I'd pick drainage every time. I would never worry about irrigation until drainage is taken care of. We'll rejoin Darren's conversation about his no-till operation in a moment, but I'd like to thank Yitter Manufacturing Company for sponsoring today's episode. With a tradition of providing farmers solutions since 1930, Yetter Manufacturing Company is your answer for tools and equipment to face today's production agriculture demands. From many different designs, planter attachments for the different planting conditions you face, to several options of equipment for placing fertilizer and products to meet harvest time challenges, Yetter delivers the return on investment and tools to meet your equipment needs and maximize inputs. Find solutions to your challenges today at yetterco.com. That's Y-E-T-T-E-R-C-O.com. If you're listening to this podcast and it's got you thinking about water management, 
If you're listening to this podcast and it's got you thinking about water management, you'll be sure to pick up helpful tips and information at the 27th Annual National No-Tillage Conference coming up January 8th through the 11th, 2019 in Indianapolis, Indiana. The full conference program for this one-of-a-kind event has just been released, so please go to www.notillconference.com to download the program and see what actionable no-till management strategies our speakers will bring to the table in January. Register online today for just $339 and register additional farm family members for just $312. Or complete and return the downloadable registration form by going to notillconference.com. To register by phone or to speak with an NNTC staff member, please call 262-432-0388 or email your questions to nntc at no-tillfarmer.com. Now let's get back to no-tiller Darren Grogan as he shares how the family's precision technology program allows them to variable rate every nutrient and seed going into the ground, which has helped them improve nitrogen use efficiency and increase yields economically on their 14,000 acre operation. The health and makeup of our soils is the third leg of our water management stool. The higher our soil organic matter, or SOM, and the more residue we have, the more water our soil will take in and retain. In our early days of farming, when we were still doing tillage, our SLM was around 1%. Now, with decades of no-till and including wheat in our rotation, we've pushed SLM to as much as 3.5 to 4% on some of our acres. That's a substantial increase. The increase is critical to us improving our production. The more SLM we have, the greater the available water holding capacity is for our soils. This benefits us in several ways. For one, more water permeates the soil so there is less runoff to cause erosion. The soil will also retain more water, holding it for crop use, resulting in higher yields. It improves soil pays in irrigation too. With no-till and a higher SOM, I can put on more water per pass with my pivot than possible in conventional tillage. I'm spending money to run that pump so I want to put on as much water as I can per pass without paying to run water down the dishes. My high SLM and residue-covered soils allow water to infiltrate faster and hold more water before they reach saturation. Plus, the no-till residue gives me greater protection against evaporation losses. A higher SLM means there's more carbon in the soil too, which equates to a higher cation exchange capacity, or CEC. The higher the CEC, the better the soil is at holding nutrients. Each of these management strategies doesn't only result in one change for our farm, it's really a paradigm change. We make one change and several aspects of our system get better. This is what we've seen with our soil and water management strategies. Dialing in water use has been a great benefit. We're taking the same tact with the rest of our inputs. We meticulously plan inputs and place them with precision. We variable rate every nutrient and seed that goes in the ground based on algorithms I write myself. Our precision program started in 1999 when the concept was first taking off. We purchased yield monitors and started soil sampling. I was a young man at the time and I thought I was going to answer every question and solve all of our problems with this technology. After the first year, I realized instead of answering questions, I simply created even more. It was apparent I was going to have to step up my agronomic knowledge. Initially, we used the data we were collecting to test inputs and management strategies, often learning more from our failures than our successes. For example, in 2012, we had the worst drought seen in history. Not a single raindrop fell from the end of May through mid-October. That fall, we planted our wheat in the corn stubble and managed it intensively, just as we always had. The no-till wheat tillered significantly better and yield was up as much as 20 bushels from normal. The difference was the corn hadn't used all the nitrogen, or N, allowing the wheat access to a higher rate of N earlier in the season than was normal. We had always applied our N in January, but this showed us N was needed earlier. 
we left our end rate the same for wheat, but now we apply a greater percentage earlier in the season. It also steered us completely away from tillage. We used to lightly work the soil before wheat to improve tillering, but now we don't have to. We suspect the heavy residue left from no-till was decreasing the amount of N available to the wheat early in its growth. The microorganisms were using it as they broke down residue. By moving up our N application, we're able to overcome that early deficit, making our no-till wheat a consistent success. It is certainly cheaper to apply a little more N than to do tillage. We pushed our no-till wheat yield potential from around 65 bushels per acre to over 100 bushels. The wheat gains could be figured out simply from our yield monitor, but many factors go into the precision programs we use today. We have all our soil type data, and I've collected a tremendous amount of data on what I can expect out of each of those soil types. I've taken all of our RTK and GPS surveys of our fields and used an algorithm to determine exactly how water flows over every square inch of our fields. I classify the land as water positive, water negative, and water neutral based on slope. A square foot that's water neutral will retain every drop of water that falls on it. A water negative parcel will have water runoff, while the water positive parcel will collect water. This is important for determining yield. I create an index that increases seed and fertility inputs on the portions of land that have access to more water and can produce more yield. Our highest indexes are our bottom lands, which are water positive but protected from oversaturation with tile drainage. One of my early precision failures was that I tried to use the data to save money on inputs. All I did was set up areas to fail that became a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you don't treat a piece of ground well, it won't produce. Now I know the most profitable way to go is to be more aggressive, giving every part of the field what it needs and then identifying the acres that are all stars to get even more inputs. To create our input prescriptions, we look at past yields, soil type, water flow, and our grid sample soil tests, which include soil pH. Every field is soil tested every other year. Our rotation is corn, wheat, double crop soybeans, and back to corn. The fall prior to planting corn, each field is grid soil sampled. How precisely we can vary inputs in the field changes by what equipment we're using. Due to our size, we have a wide variety of equipment in the fields. Through our efforts and the improved quality of hybrids and varieties, we've seen our dryland corn yields hit 180 bushels and irrigated corn hit 220 to 225 bushels. Our full season soybeans are around 55 bushels per acre and double crop soybeans are 60 to 65 bushels. But more importantly, we're getting more efficient every day. I've always had the attitude and motto that there's a better way of doing it. I just don't know what it is yet. We will continue to test and trial and work with suppliers to learn what else is out there. I've learned in agriculture that we produce a commodity. It's very difficult to brand the product. As a result, our only competitive advantage is efficiency. Every day I'm looking at long-term efficiency and no-till has certainly played a leading role in boosting our efficiency to where it's at today. We'd like to sincerely thank Arlington, Kentucky no-tiller Darren Grogan and family for sharing the tenets of their effective precision drainage and nutrient application program that safeguards their soils and improves the profitability of their no-till practices. For listeners who'd like to hear more about successful no-till strategies, please visit no-tillfarmer.com podcasts. Again, we'd like to recognize and thank our sponsor, Yitter Manufacturing Company, for helping to make this No-Till Farmer podcast series possible. If you have any feedback on today's episode, feel free to drop me an email at jdauberstein at lessetermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2430. Once again, if you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or the Google Play Store to get an alert when future episodes are released. 
You can also keep up on the latest no-till farming news by registering online for our No-Till Insider daily and weekly email updates and Dryland No-Tiller e-newsletter. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at No-Till Farmer with Farmer spelled F-A-R-M-R and on our No-Till Farmer Facebook page. For No-Tillers Bobby, Darren, and Brian Grogan and our entire staff here at No-Till Farmer, I'm Senior Editor John Dauberstein. Thank you for listening. 